We are taking a little bit of a break from our series in Acts, and we're going to go back to the Old Testament, and we're going to look at an event that took place in uh, Numbers chapter 13. And you may be familiar with this story, but I believe that this is a, a story that has so much relevance for us today. The Lord said to Moses, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each of their ancestral tribes you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them leading men among the Israelites. These were their names, from the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, son of Zachar, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Issachar, Igal, son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Zebulun, Gedil, son of Zodi, from the tribe of Joseph, that is, from the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Amil, son of Gemali, from the tribe of Asher, Sether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of Voshi, from the tribe of Gad, Guel, son of Maki. These were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses changed the name of Hoshea, son of Nun, to Joshua. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up there into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land they live in is good or bad, and whether the towns that they live in are unwalled or fortified, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be bold and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now it was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob near Labo Hamath. They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron and Ahiman, Sheshay, and Talmai. The Anakites were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the Wadi Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Wadi Eshkol because of the cluster that the Israelites cut down from there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Yet the people who live in the land are strong, and the towns are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, 
We are not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great size. There we saw the Nephilim, the Anakites come from the Nephilim, and to, over, to ourselves we seemed like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Now before I pray, how many of you are glad that I didn't get you to read that passage with all of those names? Yes, I see that hand over there. God bless you. All right, let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we have read this passage with a, a bunch of names that seem so unfamiliar to us, uh, we do sense in this story something that we can understand with, that we can identify with. And we pray that as we reflect upon it, that you would give us wisdom, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you were facing something very scary, something that you just you weren't sure that you were able to push through? It could have been if you imagined that I had asked you to read that passage and you thought of, when you looked at those words like, oh, no, I can't do that. Maybe it's something more serious. Uh, maybe you were, are facing some kind of uh, physical or emotional challenge and you just don't know if you're going to be able to push through. You don't know if you're going to be able to get out. Maybe you've been in a situation where you were, uh, you were applying for a, a special job and you just, you're hoping that you get it, you're hoping that you'd be able to do the job that you don't know. And so you're, you're facing that fear, you're, you're experiencing that fear in your life. For myself, I know my number one fear is that of heights. Uh, heights absolutely terrify me. And as I mentioned, I, I am in the Canadian Armed Forces, and, and even as a chaplain, there are many courses that are available to me. And if I wanted, I could apply to take the jump course to, to uh, learn to, to parachute. Uh, that is something that is available to chaplains, and I do know some chaplains who have done that. But do you think I'm going to do that? I'll tell you, any time that I see one of the soldiers with their jump wings, I just imagine myself in that plane uh, with the parachute on and that door open and the wind whipping through the plane and seeing one by one as people are going out that door and then it comes to my turn and there I am at the door. What do I do? Now, even right now, you might notice that I'm holding pretty firmly onto this pulpit because just thinking about that terrifies me. It gives me vertigo to think about uh, getting through that, that door, to, to jump out of a perfectly good plane with a parachute. It seems absolutely terrifying. It's not something that I would want to do. However, I can avoid that fear. I don't have to sign up for a jump course. I don't have to pay money to go skydiving. So I don't really have to face that fear head on. But there are things in life in which we don't have that option. We can't just say, you know what, I'm just going to avoid that. I'm just going to pass that on and pretend that it's not there. There are other things that we have to face no matter what. One of the things I appreciate about the Bible is that the Bible really is a story of people having to face their fears. There, it's about people, including Jesus, who are put in difficult situations that definitely would make anyone tremble, 
And yet they have to push through. They have to find some way to get through that and to face those fears. And so we're going to look at one of those passages. And so just for a little bit of context of what we're looking at here, uh, the Israelites had just come out of Egypt and their slavery from that. They were freed. We were just singing about God rescuing us. Well, God rescued the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt through uh, the work of Moses and Aaron. And so they were able to, to get out of there to cross the Red Sea. They eventually make it to Mount Sinai where the law is revealed to them and they receive the Ten Commandments among other things. And then it's time for them to go to the Promised Land. What's the Promised Land? Well, years before even Moses, God promised Abraham that this piece of land would be for them. It would be an inheritance for his descendants. It was promised to him. And so even though Abraham didn't see it, that promise was still valid. And it was time for the people of Israel to claim that promise. And so they, they traveled to the Jordan and the promised land was on the other side of that Jordan River. But it makes sense to know what you're getting into. If you're going to do something as serious as invade another land, you better know what's out there. So they did the wise thing and they, they assigned people to be spies to go through the land. They, they picked one person from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this included Joshua and Caleb. And so they went into the land and they spent 40 days. This wasn't a quick run in and run out. They actually spent some time going around, looking at the cities, looking at the produce, looking at the land, finding out what is going on, what would they have to face. And then at the end of the 40 days, they came back to Moses and Aaron and they said, well, we got good news and bad news. The good news is there, this is indeed a land flowing with milk and honey. Like, look at these grapes. Look at these pomegranates. This is something like we've never seen before. This is not like what we've seen in Egypt. It's, it's not what, like what we've seen in Sinai. This is an amazing place. The bad news is the people are tough. They're big and they're tough and they've got walls and their walls are big and tough. And you know what? I don't think that we can do it. It is too much. This is beyond what we are able to do. And Caleb steps up and says, no, hold on a second. No, no, no. We can do this. We can do this. God got us out of Egypt. God can get us into Canaan, into the promised land. And the other 10 spies were like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. And eventually uh, that voice, the voice of fear, carried the day. And they didn't enter into the promised land in that time. Now, eventually, of course, they did. It was 40 years later. So that the message of fear delayed what was going on for 40 years. But it's important to realize that despite the fact that there was fear, God's will did happen. It did take place. They did come into the, the promised land. They did receive the land of Canaan. So it did take place, but it was delayed because of their message of fear. They would not listen to Caleb. And Caleb, he had seen all of the same things that the rest had seen, but he had also known the kind of God that was going with them. But unfortunately, they did not listen to his voice. 
So we face fear. We face fear in numerous areas of our life. And one area is just as individuals, as individual people, as members of a family, as uh, people living in our community, we have to face different things. And, and I don't know exactly what you are facing right now. Maybe you do have some serious, serious health concerns. Uh, maybe you're really worried about certain people in your family or in, among your friends. Uh, maybe you have major concerns for your children or your grandchildren, or maybe it's major concerns for your parents. Uh, it, it could be anything. Uh, you have uh, perhaps struggled financially during this time of COVID. Um, it could be almost anything. Uh, you're facing something. I suspect that almost everyone here has some area of their life that is causing some anxiety. You're thinking, how am I going to get through this? What do I do? Is this too big for us to deal with? Well, I want you to hear the words of Caleb. Caleb said that we are able to overcome this. We are able to do this. And Caleb would want you to have that same faith, to have the faith of Caleb believing that you can get through whatever situation that you are facing right now. But you would be able to get through it for the same reason that Caleb was able to get through it, because Caleb knew what God had done in the past, and that he knew that God was going to be with them going into Canaan. God will be with you. Jesus is called Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus is the presence of God with us. He is with us wherever we go. I think of uh, the verse from the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the, the, through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And what I love about that verse is it doesn't deny the fact that we have to go through the dark valley. The dark value, valley is there no matter what. But the Good Shepherd is there with us as well, and that enables us to get through. We are going to experience fear as individuals, and that doesn't make us bad people. When you read about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before his crucifixion, he was afraid. He was very scared. Read the words and see how Jesus responded. But Jesus was able to push through. He didn't see fear as having the final word. Well, we are individuals, but we're not just individuals. We are also a collection of believers. We are a congregation. We are a church, Queen Street Baptist Church. And in many ways, we are in a similar situation to that of the Israelites. You can imagine us as a congregation on the shore of the Jordan looking at the promised land. Now, the promised land for us is that the post-COVID world that, is, uh, is that we're facing, uh, this uh, wonderful post-pandemic world, what is it going to be like? And we could imagine sending out spies into the uh, post pandemic world, wondering, okay, what, what is this going to be like? Uh, is this going to be a, a good thing or is this going to be a bad thing? And we would see all kinds of good things. We would see the extended reach we have with our online presence. We've seen how people have had to face their mortality and perhaps they're thinking more of things of eternity. We've had the opportunities to, to uh, help each other and to uh, put into um, 
put into place ways of supporting each other emotionally and spiritually. We've seen the success of our two-ton challenge, how when we couldn't do uh, almost anything else, we still upped the, our game and donated far more food to the food bank than we ever thought we could. So there's, it is indeed, the future is a land of flowing with milk and honey. But those spies would also come back with concerns. Uh, we don't know what the post-pandemic world is going to look like. Are all our members going to return? All our, our adherents going to return? Uh, are some people going to realize, well, wait a minute, uh, I've been getting used to not coming to church and it's kind of nice just to sleep in on a Sunday morning and, and maybe they don't want to come back. Uh, maybe the spies will come and, and say, well, you know, we don't know what things are going to look like financially. Are we going to be able to meet our budget? Well, we don't know. Uh, we might, uh, the spies might come back saying, you know what, we don't know what outreach is going to look like now. Uh, we have gotten used to doing outreach in a certain way. Maybe uh, things are going to be completely different and we don't know. We don't have a plan for what that's going to look like. Even worship, what worship looks like on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get back to normal somewhat, but maybe it won't be fully back to normal. We don't know. The, the spies bring back the word of concern, and those are concerns that we need to hear. But what do we do with the fear that we face? Do we just stand on the side of the Jordan, or do we cross and go into the promised land? The truth for us as a congregation is the same truth as it is for us as individuals, as the same truth as it was for, for Caleb and the Israelites, that God goes with us. This congregation, in some form or, of an, or another, has been around since 1833, and this congregation has had to face many different challenges, including another pandemic that this uh, church would have had to experience that, this, the Spanish flu pandemic from 100 years ago. We've had to go through many different things and God was with us. And we have to trust that God will be with us through this as well. I started my message by talking about how afraid I was of uh, jumping out of a plane and uh, how I couldn't parachute. And there's just no way that I could do that. And I, I thought deeply about that fear, and I realized the only way that I could ever possibly do that, the only way that that could happen, is if I do what you can do, uh, but which I haven't, uh, what you can do, whereas you can be attached to another person, whether you will be strapped to another person, and that person is the one who actually makes the jump and pulls the, uh, the ripcord, but you are strapped to their back and you go down with them and, and hopefully you float up with them uh, with the parachute as well. If that happened, I could see that. That's the only possible way that I could possibly get out of that plane is if that person jumped out with me attached to them and pulled that, that cord. And when I think about that, I think that there is, there is uh, a truth in that for us theologically. That in many ways, what happened were the Israelites strapped themselves to God. Eventually, uh, 40 years later, they strapped themselves to God and said, okay, uh, it's still a scary place, but we're jumping into the land of Canaan. As individuals, we are facing difficult circumstances. We need to strap ourselves to God and let God jump us into the place of restoration. As a congregation, we face a lot of challenges right now. We strap ourselves to God 
and let him jump into the place where he wants us. This is the hope we have, not in our own strength or wisdom or courage, but in the hope that we are not alone, that God is with us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this story of the Israelites as they face the promised land. And even though they made the wrong choice in that moment and that they did not have the courage to move forward, we learn from their experience and we identify with their experience because we are no better than they are. We have the same fears. We have the same concerns. And yet we do believe that you are with us. We pray that you would be with each one of us as we face our own struggles, uh, things that may create all kinds of fear in our lives. We pray that you would be with us as a congregation, that you would give us wisdom as uh, a congregation to move forward as well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
before I pronounce the benediction, just want to remind people, if you are planning on staying for the meeting, uh, just uh, remain in your seats and we will be starting it uh, very soon. Uh, if you do have to leave and are not able to stay for the meeting, we understand you are welcome to, to leave as uh, soon as the, the service is over. Let us pray. God, as we prepare to go out into the world, we confess to you that we face many giants in our lives and we feel like grasshoppers but you are with us. We pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us, that you would touch our minds and our hearts, and that we would be guided by you through the darkest valley, and that we would come to the place of light. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.